Welcome to Fruit Snacks, a weekday podcast that covers big ideas about the Christian worldview in a bite-sized format. Hey everyone, today we're going to continue the main topic of the week by talking about the spiritual evil uh, of the spiritual realms or the bad guys. And today we're going to focus on public enemy number one as, as it goes as far as Christians are concerned, and that would be the devil, the leader of spiritual evil. Now there's a lot here that I want to look at that we affirm from scripture because there are actually quite a lot of misconceptions about this being in particular, and hopefully we can clear some of those up as well. So as we've already discussed, that uh, the devil is not referred to by the proper name Satan, which would be you know the capital S Satan in the Old Testament, uh, because we've seen as we've looked throughout the Old Testament in episodes past that it is not a name. It is in the Hebrew preceded by the definite article. So it actually reads the Satan. And just like English, uh, you don't put the in front of a proper name. I don't introduce myself as the Steve. It's weird and kind of arrogant. We just don't do it. And neither did the Hebrews. So what is this being referred to in the Old Testament? Well, he's referred to mostly as the serpent or the Hebrew term would be the Nakash. That is how he is referred to in the garden. And uh, he is called the devil. And in the New Testament, he's referred to as Satan. But the referent there is really just his role as the adversary, not only of the kingdom of God, but of, of Christ and his church. He is the tempter of Adam and Eve, and he was the first spiritual being to fall. And so part of why he is the leader of the spiritual evil in the world is because he was the first spiritual being to fall. He was sort of the the trailblazer, the pioneer as far as uh, spiritual evil goes. And as such, that basically makes him the de facto leader over all other future spiritual rebels. So we see that his fall is recorded in Genesis 3. And it's described in further detail in Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 13 through 19, in Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 15, and then there's also a passing reference to it in the book of Obadiah, chapter 1, verses 3 through 4. And these are important passages because they uh, obviously can't be about the humans that the greater context of the passage is about. Like, for instance, in Ezekiel, The passage in context is on the surface about the king of Tyre, but Ezekiel says you were in Eden. Well, obviously the king of Tyre wasn't in Eden, and so we're talking about someone else, but because of the similarities, the similar pride, the similar hubris uh, between this, the king of Tyre reminds Ezekiel of a spiritual rebel who shares many of the characteristics of this particular human character. And so we see this in these three Old Testament books. And so what we see when we get into this and we look at it is that in heaven, this this spiritual being, the devil, was among, among the council, the assembly 
so he was in and around God's holy ones, his divine counsel. As we discussed this week, some of whom also ended up falling, but later, after uh, after this being did. And we also see his role. His role is revealed. What Satan is, is revealed. He is called a guardian cherub. So that means that in heaven, prior to his fall, the devil was not heaven's second in command. He was not heaven's worship leader. He was not Jesus's or Michael's brother as uh, some uh, some cults and, and other religions claim he was a guardian cherub. And we looked last week at what cherubs were and what their function was. And so we see that the devil is a spiritual being whose role and job it was, was to serve basically as temple or throne room security for not only God and his throne, but the divine council. So as such, he would have been in and around the council, but not a part of it. And the language that's used about this being is that in Ezekiel and Isaiah, that he desired to not only uh, ascend to a role within God's council, he thought he deserved that, but he actually wanted to rule over God's council. He wanted to be the leader of the council. As a result, though, of his pride and of his rebellion, he is cast down, but not to earth. This is a, this is an interesting point because when you when you look at the language again in these Old Testament passages that describe his fall, in these Old Testament passages that describe his fall, you see references to Sheol, to the pit. And so the language in Genesis is that he's going to go on his belly, that he's going to eat dust, that he's going to be cast down to the earth. But the Hebrew term is Eretz. And Eretz can literally mean earth, but it can also mean the underworld. It can also be sort of a metaphorical reference to the underworld, the place of the dead. And in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, we actually see that Satan is the Lord of the dead that all things that die belong to him. Now, this is not a promotion uh, by God, making Satan uh, the Lord of the dead and casting him out of heaven and out of the realm of the council. It is a punishment of the greatest degree um, because he wanted to, to rule over all of creation, all of the living things. He wanted to ascend to the highest place in all of creation in heaven. And instead, God puts him not even to the earth. He puts him beneath the earth, below the earth. He puts him in charge of the lowest thing as far away from the heavenly realm as he can possibly put him. And he puts him in charge of the dead things, the decaying things, the rotten things. And so we see this is actually a punishment. Satan is put as far away from God as he can possibly be put. And so because Satan is the Lord of the dead, this also explains why we, when we sin, not only deserve death, but basically end up in the same place as Satan and those who were spiritual rebels and followed after him in his footsteps because those who die belong to him and his realm. Which is also why when we look in the New Testament, we see what Jesus did. Not only did Jesus defeat Satan and spiritual evil, which we're going to look at more in depth at some point, 
But the reason that Jesus defeated Satan was because Jesus overcame death. When Jesus defeated death, he made a way for those who would inevitably belong to Satan because they sinned and sin deserves and requires death. He made a way of escape to be born again so that we would never die. And if we don't die, we don't belong to Satan. So it's a very interesting uh, way of looking at it and, and understanding kind of how this all works together, not only with the spiritual realm, but also with the atonement as well, which we've covered. But I hope that this clears up some maybe misconceptions and other ideas that we have about the devil, uh, about who exactly he was and who he is and who he's not. And so on Friday's episode, we're going to finally turn our attention to the other sort of big group out there, which is demons. And we're going to look at those because, again, there are some things that uh, might be misconceptions that hopefully we can clear up as well. So I hope you'll join me for the rest of the episodes this week as we look at some more questions about the spiritual evil that we face and uh, deal with as Christians. 